From the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse 18, the scripture says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. One translation says, Pray with all prayer, pray with all manner of prayer, pray with all different kinds of prayer. Another translation says, use every kind of prayer, and at every opportunity, pray in the Spirit. Now, how many of you know that in sports, there's a different rule and a different regulation for every kind of sport? You cannot play football with basketball rules, right? As good as Steph Curry was last night, if he tried to make a 32 three-point, you know, 32 three-pointer and, and make a touchdown, that is not going to work. And so likewise, the same is true with prayer. There is the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith simply is a prayer for yourself. You know, Jesus said, he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them And what will happen? You shall have them. And then there's the prayer of casting your cares on the Lord. Your father does not want you to hold on to your cares. He wants you to pray and to release them to him. And as a result of doing that, he will sustain you. And then there's the prayer of worship. There's the prayer of just coming into the throne room of God, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, and just loving the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we've been doing that this morning. And then there's this prayer of consecration and dedication, where we just say, Lord, not my will be done. It's not about my life. It's about what you want in my life. So on bended knee, I pray, Lord God, your will be done. And then there's this prayer of agreement that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now this morning we are going to talk about the prayer of supplication. Somebody says, well, what is supplication? I'm glad you asked. The word supplication simply means a humble, earnest entreaty or request. It is a heartfelt, earnest request. It is not a casual request. It is a prayer that your heart is involved in. You see, if it's casual and it's not heartfelt and it's not earnest, it would not be the prayer of supplication. And so the question is asked, who then can we make supplication for? Who then can we ask? earnestly and fervently these kinds of prayers number one you can pray these prayer for yourselves you can pray for your natural needs you can pray for your spiritual needs but then there are those around us that don't quite see things maybe the way that we do maybe they're they're in church but that's all they're in they're just in church perhaps they have a form of godliness but they don't know the true power of god If you will set your heart to pray for these people, to pray for babies in Christ, to pray for your co-workers, I believe with all of my heart that the lights will go on and there will be a revolution of revelation. 
And I'm telling you, when revelation hits your spirit, you will not perish, but you will prosper. When revelation hits your spirit, it'll turn your life around. It'll change you and turn you into another man or another woman. Oh, glory to God. So these prayers can be prayed for ourselves. It can be prayed for one another. Now, the church is a community. It is a community of people who are to love one another and to care for one another. The church is a community where we must pray for one another. I pray these prayers for you all the time. This is a church where we do not just hear about a person going through a difficulty, but we stand for one another. And we stand with one another. You know, the Word of God gives us standing ground. The Word of God is our praying ground. The, the fullness of the Holy Spirit enables us to pray way out beyond our intellect, to get into the Spirit and see things changed by the power of God. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. So in these prayers, a few of them, that we're going to talk about today, Paul prayed these prayers. It's recorded in the epistles. And when he prayed these prayers, he was making reference to supplication. The prayers that he prayed for the church at Ephesus, the prayers that he prayed for the church at Philippi, the prayers that he prayed for the church of Colossae, the prayers that he prayed for the church at Thessalonica are spirit-filled, spirit-anointed prayers. The Apostle Paul spent an immense amount of time communing with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And from his prayer life and from his communion life, he would be writing these letters to the church. And out of his inner man begin to pour out glorious anointed words concerning the churches. And listen... If these prayers will work for the church at Ephesus, it'll work for the church in the Bay Area. If these prayers will work for the church in Colossae, it'll work for the church in the San Francisco Bay Area. Why is that? Because the anointing is ongoing. The anointing is alive. The Holy Spirit is alive. The one who anointed Paul to pray these prayers lives on the inside of you and lives on the inside of me. Oh, hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so I've given you these prayers. And my prayer for you is that you will actually pray them. Because I know it will change your life. I know that if you will not just hear your, this word today, but you will for six months pray these prayers for yourself. Or for six months, pray this prayer for someone else. I'm telling you what, the lights will go on. The lives will be changed. And they'll never be the same. And you will never be the same again. I'm not telling you something that I think. I'm telling you something that I know. Because I know what the Word and what the Spirit of God has done in my life. Mark Hankins says this, if you will pray these prayers every day, I guarantee your life will be different in six months. If you're happy with your life and the way it is, just keep doing what you're doing and it will stay that way or even get worse. I mean, that's plain, ain't it? And then he goes on to say, but if you want 
things to change. If you want things to change for the better, here's his challenge. And this is Pastor Mark's challenge. I challenge you to pray the Ephesians prayers every day. Pray them over your kids. Pray them over your children, even if they're married. For heaven's sake, pray them over your husband. Pray them over your wife. Pray them over your boss. Hallelujah. How many of you know that something awesome happened when God raised Jesus from the dead? Hallelujah. What happened? Righteousness was restored to man. The devil was defeated. The curse was broken. Man was restored into fellowship and redemption was accomplished. So I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1 on your sheet of paper. And I want you to notice that it has been personalized for your benefit. Something that you can do. Say this with me. I can do this. this. Say this. I will do this this. through Christ. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, it says, I pray that you, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Do we need revelation knowledge? Revelation knowledge is a knowledge beyond the head. It is a knowledge that enters into the heart of man or woman. Now notice with me. That the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. Now pray this prayer with me. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of my spirit be flooded with light. Oh, God wants to get some light over to you. You see, our good, good father has what we call windows of light. And in a window, you're able to see things on the outside that possibly you've never seen before. When God gives you windows of light and makes known his revelation on the inside of your spirit, you'll begin to see things the way that he sees them. You'll begin to see his plan for your life and how to walk in the paths that he's got for you. Everyone say, Lord, give me windows. Windows of light. These prayers will position you to see. The spirit of seeing will come upon you as you pray these prayers. The spirit of knowing will come upon you as you pray these prayers. And I have discovered this, that once the Lord gives me windows of light, then I can look for all those opportunities that he's affording me. You see, windows of light open doors of opportunities. If you cannot see properly, you'll not even recognize the doors of opportunities that God's got for you. And some of you didn't even get that. Let me say it again. If you cannot see properly, you'll not be able to recognize the doors of opportunity that he's affording you. Oh, my, my, my. Doors here, doors there, doors everywhere. Opportunities of favor, opportunities of glory, opportunities coming your way. Lord, help us to see it down here. And then I've also noticed this. That when I get a light from him and I go through that door 
of opportunity that he's open, the next thing that happens is streams of provision come my way. I'm going to say it again. Everyone say it with me. Windows of light. Doors of opportunity. And streams of provision. For he will always provide what he is authoring in your life. If something that you are trying to do outside of his door of opportunity, you will find that there'll be no provision. But if you live in him and walk in him and go through those doors, there shall be provision for you. Woo, glory to God. And so you can pray these prayers. Lord, that I may know what is the hope of your calling. I believe this with all of my heart, that the callings are calling you. You may be called and anointed to be a business person that makes millions of dollars to go get condos all over the world. No. You may be a business person that God has anointed and raised up so that you can be a conduit and dispense monies to ministries around the world. Sending missionaries for the glory of God. God's called you and he's called me that we may know what is the hope of our calling and what are the riches oh glory what are the riches of what of the glorious inheritance that he has in the saints you see he's got an inheritance for you pray this with me Lord God show me the hope of my calling Show me me. the glory of your inheritance that you have provided for me. Reveal to me the greatness of your resurrection power that lives on the inside of me. See, that's what Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 is all about. As you personalize it, windows of light will come. Divine encouragement will come into your spirit. You'll see what God's called you to do. You'll see fully your inheritance that belongs to you. But not only that, when you get a glimpse of his resurrection power and what it did for him and how this resurrection power not only raised him but raised you. Listen, friends, your days of hanging around the graves are over with. I'm telling you, there ain't no grave going to hold me down. There ain't no bondage going to hold me down. There ain't no lack going to hold me down. There ain't no depression that's going to hold me down. Your days will no longer be days of hell on earth, but your days will be as the days of heaven upon the earth. Anybody interested in this? But you, my friend, have got to get into the arena. You've got to get in. And pray. You cannot just expect Pastor Tom or Pastor Mark to pray for you all the time. We do it. But you must put on the whole armor of God and enter into the arena of prayer and get serious about praying these prayers. Lift up your hands and say, yes, Lord. Now turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. This is so good. And it's so simple. It's so easy. 
I said in this series, the problem with prayer is people don't do it. The secondary problem is people have just made it too difficult and too burdensome. You know, his commandments are not grievous. Look at your neighbor and say, this is easy to do. Even for you. Hallelujah. You know, I figured out how we can pay the building off. You want to hear? It, it came as a window of light to me yesterday. I was walking out of Safeway with some coffee and Kleenex. And there was this table that I had visited for years. And there were Girl Scout cookies on the table. I thought, ah. And I have been buying those thin mint cookies for 20 years plus. And I'm going to sue them because I have not lost one pound yet. A thin mint? How many of you have been buying those cookies for years and haven't lost any weight? We got a class action suit right here. Back to the message. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. For this cause, I desire, pray this with me, I desire, I desire that I may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Lord, help me to walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, that I may be fruitful in every good work. May I increase in the knowledge of you. And then look at this. Strengthened with all might. Now the type of strength that Paul is talking about here in Colossae, yes, it is strength for your spirit, but it is also strength for your soul. You know, in these days and in these hours, we need to stay stable up here. If we continue to look at the things that are coming upon this earth, your soul will get unstable. But I've discovered this, that our Father didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love. And what kind of a mind? He gave us a sound mind. So if we are going to go through the things that are coming upon this earth and go through it victoriously as more than conquerors, we must have our mind set and our heart fixed on Him. So when he's praying, may we be strengthened with all might, it's not just in your spirit, not just in your body, but also in your soul. God desires people's souls to be stable. He doesn't want anybody to go crazy. How many of you know there's enough crazy people out there without you going crazy? Amen. A sound mind. And then... Strengthened with all might not only means strength in your spirit, your soul, and your body, but how many of you know you have to have provision along the paths of life that God's got for you? You must have strength in your finances, strength of resources. My confession is here at, at Heart of the Bay Christian Center that we have strength of staff. How many of you agree with that? Now, now, now we're strong, but we're going to get stronger. Yeah. And that is God being good to you. Yeah. 
So if you have a business um, in your family, and there perhaps is an area of weakness in your family or in your business, you need to get to it and start praying. Lord, strengthen my business. Lord, bring in the right people to work with me. And then if you've been battling lack in any areas of your life, perhaps you have a business or you're a salesperson, or business has kind of gone south, I'll tell you what, strength for your business is God being good to you and bringing people in. Can you connect with that? Pray with me, Lord. Strengthen me with all might according to your glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. You see, these prayers, if they're prayed in faith, will enable you to be long-suffering. Anybody ever come against a situation or a circumstance or maybe a person that you are not really glad to see or to be a part of? But the Spirit of the Lord will make you long-suffering. How many of you have ever prayed about something that hasn't happened yet? I'll raise two hands. Well, time tries your trust. Time will try your trust. So therefore, between the amen and the here it is, we need some endurance. We need to be long-suffering. Amen? And I believe that this will help us to accomplish the will of God and to stay true until the fullness of your prayer is completely manifested. Amen. Amen. Now, in life, sometimes we feel like we've come up short. In life, we sometimes feel like, you know, we're just not equipped to do that. We, uh, maybe you've been offered a job and say, well, I don't know that I can do that. You know, the people around me, they have PhDs and they have college educations and I got a GED. Well, how many of you know that there is no shortage of wisdom and no shortage of grace for you to do what God's called you to do? Whether you're a doctor or not, whether you're a PhD or not, God will equip you and God will anoint you to do what he's put in your heart to do. Now look at this prayer in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews the 13th chapter. I'm just here this morning to stir you up. We had an awesome prayer conference on Wednesday morning and Wednesday night and Thursday morning and Thursday night. I'm sorry that, uh, that most of you weren't able to make it, but we had a good time. And we got some things accomplished in prayer. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to put you down. But you really should have been here. I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that. But we're gracious. And we've got the CDs for you. How much do the CDs cost? Well, the CDs don't cost nothing. So you don't have an excuse not to get them. So what you need to do is go in the bookstore afterwards and order the CDs. They're free of charge. If you want a fire lit under you about prayer for this nation, about praying out the plan of God and praying out your future, you will get those CDs. And it will change your life. I'm here to stir you up. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. 
I'm here to bless you. I'm here to lift you. I'm here to encourage you to be a doer of God's word. Oh, glory to God. Now notice this in Hebrews chapter 13. And notice with me in verse 20 and verse 21. Here's a prayer that you can pray for yourself regularly. Now may you, the God of peace, the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, testament, may you strengthen me, complete me, perfect me, and make me what I ought to be, and equip me with everything good that I may carry out your will. There is no shortage of equipment. There is no lack of help from heaven. What there is a lack of, there is a lack of accessing the help that is available. Amen? Simply because it takes a little bit of effort and it takes plugging in to what is available to us by faith. How many of you have ever felt in your life that you needed more? Well, there's more available to you. Not only more, there's mucho, mucho mas. There's much more available. There's much more grace available than I think any of us have tapped into yet. Oh, the grace of God does abound. And there is abundance of grace to those that will tap into it. Let me just quote to you Romans 5:17. It says this, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what will they do? They'll reign in life. So we see here there's an abundance of grace and there's a gift of righteousness, but it needs to be received. And the way that you receive the abundance of grace, the way that you receive the equipment that is necessary for you to fulfill what God has called you to do, for you to win over addiction, for you to put pornography under your feet once and for all, for you no longer to be bound by gambling, for you no longer to be bound by things that have held you down, this abundance of grace is available to those who will receive it. Come on, somebody. Listen, don't let your past drag you down and keep you down. Let your past go and deal with your past by the blood of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm here right now to receive the abundance of grace. You know, Paul said it like this. His grace is absolutely sufficient for you. His grace is more than enough for you to, be, to do all that he's put in your heart to do. Now let's pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, pray it with me. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is alive. He is my shepherd. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen me. By the blood covenant. Perfect me. Lord, make me what I ought to be. And equip me with everything good that I can carry out your will. I say today, your will, your plan, 
May it be accomplished in my life. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank Him right now. The will of God and the plan of God. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever, ever been offended before? Second question, how many of you have ever, ever been the offender? You know, when you know you've offended someone, why don't you just apologize? Well, I'm waiting for them to apologize first. Why don't you be the man or be the woman that takes the first step? You see, I believe that God will tenderize your spirit. He'll keep you sensitive down here. I don't know about you, but I don't want anything in my life to offend or to hurt anyone. I want to be able to say to the Lord, Lord, I am your son and I am your child. Help me to walk in love. Now, I went to 24-hour fitness yesterday. I have a routine every week. And I like to do at least 200 minutes of aerobics. And that would be cardio, that would be elliptical, that would be spin bike, or that would be treadmill. And I like to do weights about three times or four times a week. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm simply 65 years old, and I can't do what I do by getting to be 565 pounds. So my, in my little life, in my life, what I say to the Lord is, Lord, this is your temple and I am all in with you. And so I don't do this to be cut. However, I'm getting more cut by the day. And Brenda really enjoys that. You know. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, that's 15 pounds, I'm telling you. So I, I do it as unto him. If you've been having a difficulty starting an exercise program, just say, Lord, it's your body. I'm yours. You are mine. I ask you to help me. And he will do it. But sometimes when I get into exercise, I get a little too pumped up. Anybody ever been there? I guess, you know, your heartbeat gets going, your blood pressure gets going. And so I went into the gas station, and, man, they didn't have things just right for me. And I said something I shouldn't have said. You know, I didn't cuss at them or nothing. But it was just an attitude. Anybody ever had an attitude? You know? Hey, I got my American Express Platinum. You mean I got to come in here to give you the card before I pump? I want to pump from outside. I didn't say that, but that was the attitude. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, yeah. And so after I pumped, I said, I apologize. I mean, that was ugly. And so we've got to be quick to repent. We need to be quick to apologize. Who do we think we are? In the natural, we ain't nothing. In the natural, we ain't nothing. In Christ, we are something. But being in Christ gives us a responsibility to act like Christ. Now, I haven't always done that, and you haven't always done that, and I'm not here to condemn me or to condemn you. It's simply an illustration. But how many of you have ever been offended? Or how many of you have ever offended someone? We all have. Here is a prayer that will help your love walk. Are you ready? 
Look at Philippians chapter 1, and I want to notice verses 9 through 11. Philippians, the first chapter, verses 9 through 11. Now, you'll see in Philippians here just verse 9, but this will help you. Pray this with me. In this I pray, that my love, the agape kind of love, that is shed abroad in my heart, may increase, and may it abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Now notice verse 10. Continue to pray. That I may approve the things that are excellent, that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, the key here is when you're walking in love and you're growing in love and you are schooling yourself to be patient and kind and not offensive, when you are schooling yourself not to think you are something on a stick, but when you realize that you are a child of God, full of the love of God, your love will increase and it will abound. These prayers will make you see yourself walking in love. And as a result, you will not be a person that is so touchy. Well, I can't believe they didn't say hello to me at church. Have you ever thought they may not have seen you? Well, I just can't believe this or I can't believe about that. Why don't you quit that and let go of the offenses? Instead of getting bitter, here's a clue. Why don't you get better? See, the Bible says, let all bitterness go. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. And so when I'm walking in love, when I'm walking in the supernatural, not only will I not be easily offended, but I will not be an offender. Now notice with me in verse 11. Notice this. Being filled, pray it with me, that I may be filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Woo! Now, how many of you know Jesus is coming soon? He's coming morning, night, or noon. Amen? He's coming soon. And here's what he wants to do with his people. He wants his people, when they die... And leave their body, whether it be by grave or whether it be by rapture. He wants all of his people not to be hiding in a cave. Not to be storing up tribulation food. Not to be afraid of the things that are coming upon this earth. He wants his bride to be glorious. He wants his bride to be without spot and without wrinkle. He's coming back after a glorious church. Now here is the will of God. The will of God is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Notice that with me. Here's another prayer that you can pray. Pray this with me. God of peace, God of peace. Sanctify, me sanctify me through and through. through. Separate, me Separate me from darkness, from, darkness, from all profane things. All things. May, I May I walk in holiness. May I be more Christ-like every day of my life. Sanctify me, Lord. And I pray that you, good, good Father, 
that my whole spirit, that my whole soul, and my whole body will be pickled. He's not, he not coming after a bunch of pickled saints, all soured out by life. No, that we may be preserved. What that simply means, kept intact until he returns. Now, the question I have is this, is Jesus coming soon? Do you have a desire to be whole when he comes? Do you have a desire for your body to be strong and healthy and able to do all that he's putting your heart to do till he comes? Or are you just going to live for yourself? No, no, no. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for him. See, some of you just need to die to yourself. The Bible says you're dead already. Your life is hid with Christ and God. You're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, yet not you, but Christ lives in you. Hey, and the life which we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody help me preach just a little bit. Wholeness in your spirit. Wholeness in your soul. Wholeness in your marriage. Wholeness in your relationship. Oh, my. How many of you want all things to work together for good for your life? You know that scripture where it says all things work together for the good? A lot of people take that out of context. They would say, well, you know, bad things are happening, but you know, all things are worked together for the good. No, not all things are working together for the good. They are only working together for the good of those that love him. And we talk a lot about in this church how much he really loves us. And that's awesome. But we need to reciprocate that love. We cannot live for ourselves and expect for all things to work together for our good. We must live entirely for Him. Boy, that went over like a lead balloon. Anyway, that's, that's another subject. God's given me some stuff on that. But just mark it down. He's coming after a glorious church. Hallelujah. And you know, I'm 65 years old. I'm getting a little gray. I'm getting older. Some of you are getting older, I can see. Just say with me, the millennials are on the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. The millennials are on the way. But did you know, when you go to heaven, you are going to look like you're about 25 years old. Brenda and I were sitting in our family room the other day having coffee. And uh, she spoke up and she said, oh, she said, today's my dad's birthday. And I said, really? He, she said, yeah. I said, well, how old you know, would Johnny have been? She said, he'd have been 91 today. 91 years old. And there's a little picture on our mantle there with a picture of Johnny and Ruthie Mae, which was her mama. Now, her mama passed when Brenda was 21 and Ruthie Mae was 51 years old. But I'm telling you, that picture was taken shortly after they were married. I'm telling you, a beautiful couple. Johnny had... I mean, real dark hair, and Ruthie was so beautiful. I mean, they were just young. And I said to Brenda, I said, that's how your daddy looks today. That's 
how your mama looks today. Listen, friends, he's not only going to keep you here, oh, but when you get there, there's, <laughs> there's no grave that's going to hold you down, but this shell ain't going to hold you down either. You're going to blast out of here, and you're going to get a glorified body. Woo! Glory to God. No more itises to deal with. No more migraines to deal with. Now, I know you fight the good fight of faith. And I know you got the victory. But oh, the day is coming. Glory to God. When he's going to pull us out of here. Woo. My, my, my. Gloria Mason, where are you? Gloria Mason, I saw at the grocery store the other day. I was going down to Lucky. I go to the grocery store a lot this week. <laughs> taking care of my honey. Because I'm a honey with money and I got some cash. To go. Anyway. And I saw Gloria. And she said, Pastor, Pastor. I said, yes, Gloria. What's, what's up? She says, I just got another report. She says, I'm totally clear from all cancer. Oh, that's an awesome report. And I'm telling you, she's a fighter. And she fought the good fight of faith, and she won. She went through the chemo. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Because God is for me. He's with me. He is on my side. And he's on your side. So listen, friend. No matter what you may be going through today, understand that you're going through. And by the grace of God, we are all going to make it to the other side. I believe this, that this is one of the briefest things we'll ever do in our life is be on earth. Oh, there's coming a reunion in glory. There's coming a reunion where the family in heaven and the family in earth is going to be joined together. Hallelujah. I don't know how I got off on that, but it's all good. Some of you have loved ones in heaven today. Your husband, praise God, and we're going to pray and believe God with you in just a few moments. But your husband and, and your father and your grandfather is in the presence of Jesus today. I saw some pictures that you guys posted about him. Edward, Edward Edwin, right? Ed, Ed, Eduardo. Eduardo was a praiser. He was a worshiper, man. But just think about it. What Eduardo's doing right now. When you guys go to meet him, he, he will look like he was when he was about 20 years old. I don't know how we're, why we're getting off on this, but I'm telling you what, we got a blessed hope. The last scripture I want to share with you this morning is, is Romans 15, verse 13. Hallelujah. Romans 15, verse 13. Now, all of us have faced some hopeless situations, right? You may be facing one today. I know this for sure that when hope is deferred or when the things we desire are put off, it makes our heart to stoop. 
In other words, it makes us sick, if you will, on the inside. How many know if you're stooping on the inside, you're going to be stooping on the outside? I didn't say stupid. I said stooping. In other words, if you're down here, you're going to be down out here. But here's a prayer that you can pray for yourself and to pray for others. Listen, friends, if there's one thing that we need to hold on to, we need to hold on to hope. We serve a God of hope. We serve a God who is for us and with us and in us. He's on your side. He's working on your case. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare quit. But stay hooked with him. Look at this in Romans 15 verse 13. Pray with me. May the God of hope fill me up with all joy. Give me peace as I believe you. That I may abound. Lord, may I bubble up. May I overflow with godly hope, godly encouragement. No more despondency for me. I'll not let disappointments get a hold of me. But the God of hope is filling me right now with joy. And I believe that I receive. A good strong dose of hope from heaven in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands right now and say, yes, I receive it. Yes, I believe it. It's mine. It's mine. I have it now. No more disappointment for me. The God of hope is filling me. And he is setting me free. Oh, hallelujah. Can you give him praise today? Amen. Amen. Now, that's probably the first five minutes of my message. But I see I preach 47, so I'm going to stop. But hopefully you got something out of it today. And, and I'm not asking for a hand clap, but my assignment really is to get you to pray. Amen, if you haven't been. And I prayed this morning. I said, Lord... If we can just get a handful of people on the prayer floor. If we can just get a core of people and add them to the core that we already have. We're going to see some awesome things. Pray for a change. And pray for a change.